motherfucker. Welcome back to A Simple Podcast, the podcast where we discuss in some say obsessive detail about the film from 2018 called A Simple Favor. You know the deal. You've been listeners for months by now. Has it even been a month? Who can say? I am, as always, one of your erstwhile hosts, Christina Tucker, homosexual on the internet, talking about gay stuff, talking about internet stuff, combining them, talking about A Simple Favor. With me, as always, are my two very lovely co-hosts. Co-hosts, do introduce yourselves. I I think that's a great I think that's a great like note like the combination of gay stuff, internet stuff equals a simple mm-hmm. favor. There is they, there's a very linear equation I, you there, know, and you know I love uh, to be linear. You know I love to. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's all it's all adhering to a very finite path. And hello, I am Jordan Cruciola, uh, as ever a writer, producer. Uh, enthusiast and you know happy to be convening once more with you guys after you said months years lifetimes perhaps a week I don't know I am Alana Bennett culture writer and screen writer uh, thinking about the shower scene in Pitch Perfect because it feels very relevant <laughs> to this episode it does feel relevant to this episode Come, yeah coming off last episode that one's not gone yet. <laughs> that's not go- the hangover of yeah that no persists. this is we're really digging in again but more specifically and to help us <laughs> yeah. dig in more specifically we have a special guest uh, a treasured pal of mine guest why don't you go on ahead and introduce yourself and try not to cry that i called you a treasured pal <laughs> Hi, I'm Margaret Willison. Oh, God, Margaret H. Willison. Sheesh. Um, And I am, I guess my standard line is like um, one half of the Two Bossy Dames newsletter, one third of the appointment television podcast, a regular fourth chair on uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour. And then I I try to come up with like a whimsical final thing. Sure. And Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites is... uh, putative victor of the hypothetical reality tv show america's next top best friend mm. mm-hmm. um, oh we find we deserve that it's been do. a long time we've been told that's not it so <laughs> why do. not cash in <laughs> exactly and i just think i would crush it on that and i feel that's pertinent to the subject mm-hmm. matter of this episode yes it, and that's yeah. why i'm leading with it rather than um text-based cam girl which is another thing i call myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's also uh, 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 as again as a long-time friend tonic cam girl as a long-time friend can <laughs> confirm and as margaret has hinted we are going to talk about the mm. anna kendrick of it all i think we have said yes. um if you'll listen to back to the records i think we were pretty on the record about our feelings regarding <laughs> blake and her performance and you know kind of the whole mm-hmm. energy that she's bringing but the Kendrick yeah. cannot be overlooked. It is a very important component of this two-person relationship. Crucial. They are a suspension bridge holding one another up. <laughs> like they're yeah. the 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 vibrations sync up to create the special frequency oh. on which oh, a simple favorite. Wow, well, you know I always come to you with filthy. the architect. <laughs> yeah. I always think, hmm, I need an architectural metaphor. Where is Jordan? An architectural metaphor <laughs> yeah. that felt very homosexual. <laughs> yeah. What a brand to have. I'm brand. glad to. I'm glad to provide that. And and you know, Margaret, what brings you to this specific topic with us mm. today? Because we like to have experts in the field when we have our guests. <laughs> so I guess I could just say who I am as a person mm. is what brings me uh-huh. to the field here. Um, Good enough. 
Although I, I did I did interview Anna Kendrick on stage one time. So mm-hmm. okay. I'm not I'm not not best friends with her, I guess is what you could say. Um, she very kindly filmed a video screaming at my actual best friend Aww. for Aww. missing the event. Um, not really screaming. Nice. It was it was like playful shouting because you know Anna Kendrick. Sure. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing that I would say is that I feel that Anna Kendrick's character in this film, and this is maybe something you guys touched on in your queerness episode, um, but she's a great example of an archetype that I think is uh, tragically underrepresented in culture, mm-hmm. which is anxiety by. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That's, yes. That oh, might be a, a okay. title. That might be a title of the episode. <laughs> How I personally identify mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Huge okay. anxiety by right here. I think no, major that's, anxiety by that might be that you might have just explained exactly why this film resonates. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we can go ahead and wrap this up. Um, great talking to you guys as Analysis. So we got right to the yeah, heart of it wow. immediately. This is like when Anna said hurt comfort <laughs> on the oh, queer, pod, yeah, the queer yeah. episode. And it just suddenly the universe snapped into focus in front of us. Yeah, I mean, I think we have, in fact, talked at length about how we all have a, a Stephanie mm-hmm. vibe, how we all really identify mm-hmm. with that um, mm-hmm. nervous, would like to be the best, would like to have a friend, would like to impress said friend, mm-hmm. would like that friend to love us forever. The, mm-hmm. No reason. Yeah. Not a huge deal. Yeah. You have to talk about it. chill normal reasons. Not a big Definitely deal. Yeah. But I do think that anxiety is really the cornerstone for a lot of yeah. us coming in as like audience, like as her as the audience surrogate bringing in that kind of nervy mm-hmm. energy is like, oh. Hey, I'm uh, crossing myself off decorations. I can leave that open for Emily. And then if she can't make it, I can still bring my balloons and helium tank. Please tell me you don't actually own a helium tank, Stephanie. <laughs> I think lots of people own helium tanks, Stacy, because kids love balloons. Do you not have one? You bad parent? <laughs> I'm kidding. We're terrible parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from, from the very beginning of her in that classroom with everybody is clearly judging her and she's like clearly she's like kind of being a dick but she's also trying her best and so like it's just yes, not working yes. it's just not clicking and then she walks outside and she meets somebody and it's not clicking yet but then it will click and this is mm. that magic <laughs> and she doesn't want to be a dick no she, she she'd much is. prefer to be liked but she can tell that they're being mean to her mm-hmm. and she like doesn't know what to do about mm-hmm. it which again mm-hmm. Also, really. yes, <laughs> yes. Christina and I actually saw this movie together. We did. It was oh, a, it was a very important friendship moment, and I remember vividly that I think it was like one of the five dollar Tuesdays it was. at a, at an AMC, which back when movie theaters existed, was a great way there were so many people oh, yeah. laughing and breathing in that theater with us. <laughs> so many aerosols. <laughs> Well, Can't believe was, we made it through those days. What was impressive <laughs> is it was a Tuesday, but for some reason this movie was sold out, and we yeah. had to decide if we were going to go see a simple favor, or if we were going to see something other than a simple favor, or if we were going to buy tickets and sneak into a simple favor. And this was yeah. an era where that was a risky decision because, like, there were assigned seats. At oh this point. yeah, mm-hmm. that's a gamble. That's it was a gamble. A real gamble. There. But we were gay and we did crimes and it worked out great. Yeah. And there were definitely people just like walking up and down the aisles being like, where could we sit? And we just were like looking straight ahead, just like definitely not Couldn't in be these here. Seats. Couldn't be here. Could not be here. Absolutely not. 
Um, and it worked out okay, and we saw it, and it was revelatory. I think we, I, I think few times have I left a movie theater feeling more alive. Yeah, I have talked multiple <laughs> times about how our theater really clicked into that movie in a way that was, I think, genuinely oh surprising for Boston, Massachusetts on a Tuesday. Yes, um, absolutely. Just what's <laughs> happening there. But it is, like, as we will have always discussed, it is the brother fucker moment that really brought our theater kind of together, and we felt held, <laughs> yeah. and we felt comforted, and we felt surprised, and we, we really felt excited. Yeah, that film hits the gas in that moment. <laughs> I hope that's just the review of, like, your review of this movie after doing, like, multiple episodes of a, of a deep dive yeah. podcast about it. Just, yeah, that movie hits the gas. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, and I think that, I think that, you know, with the, the occasion of, of Anna Kendrick analysis, I think that it is such a testament to the performance that she's giving that she is being so specific mm. And so Anna mm-hmm. Kendrick, like she is channeling something that does feel familiar in her profile as a performer to us and people who have seen her in various roles. And yet she can be doing this very targeted thing and feel and we can still feel like she is the blank screen mm-hmm. onto which we can project ourselves. She's not somehow she manages to like not be alienating. It does invite the viewer with profiles yeah. like ourselves to put in to put our personal narrative there and yet she's not just so amorphous that she's not memorable mm-hmm. stephanie's very memorable stephanie's a great character and you have a ton of fun watching her go over the arc go over her arc throughout this movie and just you know i, I think truly weaponizing what makes anna kendrick such a specific performer mm, yeah um to its absolute greatest effect i mean she's been nominated for a fucking oscar but i think what this movie did and what her playing off of Blake and what Paul and Jessica Mm -hmm. were able to bring out together, screenwriting and directing, I think it really does distill the Anna-ness of her and give us like a best case scenario. Yeah, and it it feels like it is so tethered to the origin story of this that Paul Feig saw Anna Kendrick and was also like, this is this person for this role because when he talked to us, he did talk about how this was the proxy role for him kind of like he, or not mm-hmm. proxy yeah. necessarily, but, uh, but more of a, it's just the, it's the anxiety. It's the nerdiness. It's yeah. He, he talked about energy. the, the nerdiness, yeah, the nerdy out- the earnestness. The outcastness. And I think yes. that, that part that we all related to, he also related to. And so mm-hmm. when he was looking for people, like it feels very natural that he went for Anna Kendrick for this role because as we have talked about, she fits that mold like so perfectly and it doesn't feel, Mm -hmm. it feels in line with her other roles, but also Mm -hmm. not like a, a repeat of her other roles. Like it, it does dig into another element. I mean, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing us that an astonishingly hot woman with like (laughs) a truly like absurd and rude boob to waist ratio. (laughs) A Broadway performer since she was like, I don't know, seven? Yeah. We're like, oh my God, like hashtag relatable content. Like, <laughs> I am Anna and Anna it's is me. me. It's like, no, bitch, you're not Anna. <laughs> you're not Anna. This is important to remember. <laughs> it is always important. No, like, that is, yeah, the relatability factor of someone who is from someone who is utterly not relatable mm-hmm. yeah. is also quite the chameleon trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is everyone else as, um, does everyone else feel that Anna Kendrick's identity and star profile is as anchored in that one beer commercial she did that one time? Uh, which oh, one? The, oh, like the, the Newcastle, the, the a, Newcastle brown you, ale. Couldn't tell you the beer. Is couldn't it, is the it beer. where she's like being an improv? It's, 
It's not it's not that one because it's one that she was doing. I think it was like pretending to be a Super Bowl ad that they didn't actually pay to put in the. Oh Super yeah, oh, oh, yes. yeah, the yes. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's talking about exactly the type of hot she is, and she's like, I was surprised that I even got offered the part, you know, because I don't think of myself as like beer commercial babe hot, you know. I mean, I'm hot, but like like approachable hot like the hottest girl in your improv class hot like hot to the kind of guys who like feel bad calling a girl hot but like beer commercial hot am i beer commercial hot no but i love a challenge i love a challenge (laughs) that's that sounds like the log line to this film (laughs) yes exactly yes (laughs) yes exactly it's just like it's 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 anna kendrick's star mm-hmm. profile in, in, a, in a 30 second commercial yeah and and i think part of the charm of it is that she's both inside of it and outside of it at the same yes. time yes. And i think you get that same quality with stephanie yeah and I, she like can't not be herself but she can see who herself is and she is cringing at her too mm-hmm. yes yes i think you're entirely right about that and Hello, i think also. like just the, the 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 amount of like the amount of just sort of like things doubling back on each other like when you incorporate the 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 metatextual reads into symbol favor i think things just get so much more fun and then to like hear how the various sort of um you know agents of this film have spoken to us about it and then talking about how forward and bold anna is and how anna naturally has that much more sort of like emily Mm self-assuredness and that sort of Mm -hmm. swagger about Mm -hmm. her whereas blake is more naturally the one to be it it sounds like a bit more appeasing to the people around her like they're playing inversions of themselves and yet like blake is playing against type while anna is playing exactly in type but twisting it in such a way that it it feels familiar but new so -hmm. it's it's interesting to think of the on like just the human element human dynamic of them incorporating into the performer dynamic yes exactly it's like there's this film is such a complicated weave of like our perceptions of who these people are versus yes. like what mm-hmm. we've actually heard about how they who they actually were on set like we think of Anna yeah. Kendrick as the character that we are talking about the earnest and the nerdy right. and this and she brought I don't the know, soup to everybody I don't on know set. her yeah I don't know <laughs> exactly. her she might yeah. be that uh her book is is pretty good and she <laughs> she talks about yeah. all of this stuff as well but also you know what we've heard is that she was kind of the serious one on set she was the one trying to add mm-hmm. like em, like emotional backstory and emotional yes. layers so yeah. that we uh, so that she could better click into her character and so, and in turn we could better click into her character which I think does mm-hmm. go into I, I think of this film as a, a character study like at the end of the day like yeah. it's a lot yeah. of other things on too and on top of that but I think that no they doubt. really <laughs> they really did like nail Famously. those character turns as well of, of like no. the, the coming of age of these people uh, and I it, so much of that seems to be anchored in the kind of performance that she delivers where I think it is hard to separate what we're seeing in a very deft actress versus the Mm -hmm. persona that we place onto her because of how we interact with celebrity culture. Like we don't often give Mm -hmm. Anna Kendrick credit for the kind of like deft actor that she is. Yes. I think it's the same thing with Kristen. I think it's a similar thing with Kristen Stewart where there is an idea that Kristen Stewart 
isn't like can't like I think that's kind of been disabused in sort of her post Olivier like Olivier Assayas work and beyond but I think there is still like a contingent there and it was louder at one time where oh she's not acting she's just being herself on screen and she's just anxious but then you watch something like Personal Shopper or The Clouds of Sils Maria where you have a director who actually understands sorry as we should all we should all be fist pumping when we talk about The Clouds of Sils Maria I always am like when when you have a director who really understands how to channel the Kristen mannerisms into the most effective and sort of like transporting Mm -hmm. performance, then you understand that like, oh, there's just an aspect to, there's a reality to her as a performer that you just have to use in its best form Mm -hmm. to get the performance, to get the most authentic performance out of her. But yeah, I I think it's a matter of it's audio, the, the, the skill of the performer becomes difficult to dissociate from the audience bias. Mm-hmm. But in this case, there you watch what Anna and Blake are both doing and it boosts it. Somehow you don't get lost in their star persona, even though they're both commenting on yes. them in such an effective way in this movie. Because and yet at the same time, Anna is in the difficult position of having to essentially be the straight mm-hmm, man mm-hmm. next to Blake giving the more extravagant performance as Emily. And that's a really hard thing to do and not just sort of get lost in the wallpaper. Although, this is what I'll say for Paul Feig, <clears throat> I would call him the the modern day George Cooker, is like, mm. even when he has a straight man, mm-hmm. they're not a straight yes. man. It's not mm-hmm. like Anna's yes. tasked with being boring. True. Stephanie is like, a hilarious character and it yes. gets to be Every funny moment, yeah. mm-hmm. both intentionally and by accident constantly mm-hmm. um incredible moments of physical humor which is one of the things that she is best at oh absolutely yeah. yes um and i think the reason that it works and that you don't ever get them flattened down into archetypes is because the characters are never flattened down into right. archetypes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like emily is this selfish chaos monster (laughs) garbage creature but she's also genuinely like a wonderful mom who sincerely loves her child Mm -hmm. and you also get the same thing with Anna where like sorry with Stephanie where Mm -hmm. she is this pretty much inevitably unbearable like there's no way you could know that person (laughs) in real life and like not hate them like a little bit yeah Yeah, no it'd be tiring but I mean you'd feel bad about it but you'd be like can we just like not call Stephanie? Like I hate saying that, but like can oh, I feel yeah. like a shit. And everyone's like, no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, that, I mean, um, as we've yeah. established, as I am the um, Aunt Randall's really is my actual <laughs> character archetype <laughs> in this film. I und- I do understand that. Yes, <laughs> the true miracle is that the Andrew Reynolds and the Anna Kendrick of this film have managed to sustain a friendship and it's because I'm like 25% meaner than Anna Kendrick's character in this movie. It is. <laughs> the film ends with the Andrew Reynolds character and the Stephanie character getting and fuck with the moms. Becoming friends. Listen. I saw you on the vlog. You fuck with one of the moms, you fuck with us all. Don't fuck with the well, moms. I think that that's right. <laughs> I think this is one of the most important things about Stephanie's journey over the course of the film is that she goes from sort of having this uh, persona that's mm-hmm. only appealing if you're not in the same room. <laughs> and mm. and she can maximize the power of that, right? But she can't control it mm-hmm. for her own life. And she learns right. how to turn it into a mask and how to take it on and off. Yeah, right. she learns. She learns how to use yes. it. Yes, she learns right. what part of yeah. her is good for social media, a thing that I think all of us have a good a good amount of knowledge <laughs> right. with. And then she learns yeah. that she can actually apply that skill in real life and not drive people up the fucking wall every day of yes. her life. Right, yes. right. 
that like that like there's 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 your Instagram self and then there's your <laughs> real life self and you can mm-hmm. you there should be shades as I say as the um hypothetical owner of a pretend social media consulting business that's just called <laughs> don't tweet that just text me <laughs> you're the main character on yeah Twitter. no never become the main character never become the main character every Although, day a prayer pray we say every day every day <laughs> in terms yeah, every of day. like tweeting or saying things that you should have just not it, in this movie, I think part of what does this is bringing us right back to Brotherfucker. Part of what does I was going to say it's almost time for the Brotherfucker. So deep in, we well done. It it is she says the thing that you should not say directly to mm-hmm. a person who could easily use it against her in so many ways, and that's the beaut- that's the romance of it is that instead that person leans in and is like I like you more because of this. So it's like <laughs> yeah. if you find yeah. your people, <laughs> if you find your people. When you show, when you show like your full self to not just what you think that the internet wants to see, you will actually, fi- or like what you think that the 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 moms yeah. in your class want to see, then like you'll find the people who you're actually supposed to do crimes with. You yes, have to yes. Find the person who is going to tolerate it when you cry over how beautiful your friendship is, and also. Yeah. Be willing to receive from you at literally any hour of the day a screenshot of either a text or a tweet from someone else with catty commentary. I'm very good at all of those things. That feels she, very Emily, Christina. That feels yeah. very, very Emily good at you. just. Yep, that's. She can hold me at my sweetest and support me at my tardest and that's so important I think it's very important and i think i think if we're moving into our brother fucker segment because i do think we should discuss how we feel this time about brother fucker yeah don't i brother fucker this is good um because it is the moment that you should turn on her because it's a Again, it's mm-hmm. everything she says, and that is in absolutely psychotic. Every single every word. single <laughs> reveal is nuttier than the last, and somehow you leave that feeling like, "Oh, sweet babe." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish you didn't feel that way about yourself and about yes. the relationships with men in your life, but you do. Yes, Yikes. I do. <laughs> I do feel this week as if Anna Kendrick should have won an Oscar for the brotherfucker scene. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the truly just is considered as just a a, a a a microcosm of the the character study that this movie is. The more the more I talk about it, the more I learn about it. The more just it really impressed I am with mm-hmm. how Brotherfucker evolved from page to screen. Yeah, and the fact that the fact that like you know, consummate professional Anna Kendrick gets this script and she's like. You know, Paul, you know what we need is, like, we need more backstory. We need more mm-hmm. detail here. Like, we need, like, we need to add that, like, he looked just like my dad. Like, we need to <laughs> add these things that will create more of an attachment to me and my past as Stephanie. Yes. But will also make this story, or as you said, Christina, crazier with each Let's successive forget. detail. Yeah. My dad died when I was a senior in high school. And this boy showed up to the funeral. His name was Chris. And I guess he was the spitting image of my father 30 years younger. And she's doing all of this, like, play drunk. Yes. She's doing all of this, and somehow it doesn't ever 
somehow the I feel like the thing that grips me when I watch this is that it's being played so matter of factly. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're never going to believe what I have to say next. (laughs) It's played pretty down the line. And it's just someone earnestly, drunkenly delivering information and another person earnestly receiving. Yes. You can't be too drunk in my house not to finish the story. What happened? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not so racy where you're from, but... Stop avoiding. I... Tell me what happened. Which is so in tremendous contrast to the content of the revelation. <laughs> it just makes you even more boggled as a viewer. Just wonderfully boggled. Wonderfully boggled. I did just look it up, and if I don't remember the month that this movie came out, but if it had been the 2018 September, Oscars... I think. I don't. I can yeah. do math in my head right now. If it had been the 2018 Oscars, she would have won again. She would have won over Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, which I fully support. <laughs> or fully support if it had been the 2019 Three Billboards. Yes, exactly. And if if it had been the 2019 Oscar, she would have won over Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, which I cannot stand for. So. No. It would have been the 2019 Oscars because I believe it did come out in yeah, September yeah, yeah. of 2018. I'm going to um, make up yeah, the history yeah. in my head that it would have been the 2018 Oscars instead. <laughs> I think... But, I you know, that. Olivia Coleman should have been running in supporting and not lead, so that also, was yeah, yeah. Crazy it's also like, would Anna Kendrick have... Like, which one of these women would have been... I think Anna Kendrick probably would have been lead. We don't have to talk about the Oscars race, but that's where my head went. <laughs> like, look, but I'm just look. saying, we can modify... Yeah, if we're yeah. modifying history, yeah, we, we can modify go it in such a way that Anna... And Olivia both walk off with Oscars that night. Ah, (laughs) this is hilarious. And as and Renee Ehrlich Gelb. Yes, obviously. Man, (laughs) if this came out in the same year as The Favorite, like what an incredible year for queer women in film. It was amazing. It really took me. It took my breath away. (laughs) It took my breath away. (laughs) Absolutely, just wow. An embarrassment of riches. <laughs> yeah. A real embarrassment we of riches. We didn't know what we had in 2019. We thought the world was really terrible in 2019. Somehow. And it was, it turns out it was amazing. We need to stop calling years terrible because it's yeah, just become it's a, just challenge. a challenge. The years are, <laughs> yeah. it leans in. Yeah. 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 No, the years oh, are looking back. God, and... God leans in and we just need to yeah. stop <laughs> fucking with that because it's become a dangerous game. And now we, yeah, and now now we're here. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Margaret, how do you feel oh. about Brotherfucker this week? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's an incredible, an incredible scene. I also feel like it is a valuable window to talk about the complicated reality of being a person who is both sexual and deeply anxious. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. And specifically how that intersects with bisexuality. Mm-hmm. I want, you, I want yes, you to feel yes. the fear to go the fuck off mm-hmm. here. Say more, yeah. I am happy to go the fuck off. I know, and I'll tell you when this to is... stop going the fuck off, I know. <laughs> Thank you. This is one of my, like, three favorite soapboxes lately, which is just, like, um, as far as bisexuality goes, I don't know that the anxiety lens has been fully Mm-mm. examined, mm. right? Because if you are a person who is just innately anxious about most things, but especially, like, new things you don't already know you're good at, mm, okay. you know what is going to be terrifying mm-hmm. to you just categorically? Sex. <laughs> Sex is going to be just a real just a real terrifying thing and you're not gonna have it until you're drunk at your father's funeral with your <laughs> brother right right yeah. it's just gonna be a very that. extreme circumstance <laughs> yeah. 
I've never. <laughs> I I did not at my father's funeral have sex with. It any was just so naturally delivered. I I even <laughs> I knew was that very... it wasn't true, but I was like. <laughs> I just want to clarify for the record, although, as I told you guys before we started recording, I do have an anecdote about my older brother buying me a gift certificate to a lingerie store that mm. I can tell subsequently. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, I think if you are a naturally anxious person and sex is therefore freighted with wild anxiety, yeah. you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to, like, draw outside of the lines. You're not going to be, like, weird. I seem to be attached to women in this, like, really deep and profound way Mm -hmm. that, like, not everyone around me seems to be. And, like, yeah, maybe I should investigate that. You're going to be like, nope. (laughs) 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 Investigate what? (laughs) Yeah, you, like, see the trail of breadcrumbs and then you just sweep that trail right away. Many years. Oh, my God. Do not want any mice in here. Let's get those breadcrumbs gone. Get that out of there. Yeah. (laughs) Just run away from those breadcrumbs. And so, like, for a long time, I sort of knew maybe I was bi, but I didn't think I was actionably bisexual. Mm, sure. Right? Just, like, an appreciator from a distance mm-hmm. kind of right. thing. Because, you know, what happened when I thought about being romantically involved with women? <laughs> I felt very anxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't until at some point I was like, oh, wait, how do I feel about being sexually involved with any individual man? I was like, mm. oh, right. Also, very anxious. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with, I have a friend who's very much more, more of an Emily type. Her name is Lisa. And she's just like a, she's just like a beautiful chaos sex goddess. Great. And um, she was talking about her own journey to like realizing she wasn't bisexual. She had this very loving, romantic relationship with a woman. And, you know, they were like getting into things. And then they got to the point where they were sort of like maybe going to go to town. And she like opened up her pants and she realized she was so disappointed there wasn't a dick there. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's a really can't imagine it. Cannot. That's a revelatory Couldn't be me, moment. famously. <laughs> Cannot, <laughs> Cannot famously. imagine. Because you know what I feel when I think about interacting with the general region of any person? Again, guess. Is it just straight up anxiety? anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have feel, a winner. We do. We have a winner. It's anxiety. And I was like, oh, okay. Wait, so that's actually consistent across my sexual sure, response. Across the gender spectrum. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe instead of imagining that my attraction to women is going to manifest in this just like pure right. thunderbolt clarity, yeah. no anxiety, <laughs> decisive way uh-huh. that my attraction for men has literally never done in my entire life, <laughs> I should recognize that like um, anxiety is just endemic to how I interact with the world. As I like to say to people, like if I'm not worried, do I even care? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure, sure. Like, how yeah. can you tell? Right? <laughs> so, uh, once I figured that out, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all of these incredibly intense relationships I've had with women, those were of huge gay crushes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what those were. Yeah. Right, right. Huge Famously, we all relate. And... <laughs> well, on the record. And so, <laughs> I just, I think if you are a, a sexual thunderbolt person, Mm-hmm. You're going to figure out that you're bisexual real early because you know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be out there. You're going to be experimenting. Get hit by mm-hmm. thunderbolts. You're be putting your mouth. Yeah, putting yeah. Putting your mouth on other just... people's mouths just left and right and center. Just yeah. and, and you'll know all the different kind of mouths you want involved with your mouth. Yeah. You'll right, know it yeah. really quickly. And if you're like, mouths, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get wild. Just generally, maybe. Yeah. It also... just take a little while while 
longer. <laughs> it could take a while longer. It does feel like, now that I'm thinking about it, that also, if you're the type of person like the, ca- the character of Stephanie seems to be, who, like, she doesn't tend to use se- her sexuality very, like, quote-unquote, no. like, purely. Like, she does, the, what she does, like, throw herself into it in the moment to, I think, re-empower herself or feel comfort again it's like she doesn't comfort, feel comfort baby. again it's the comfort yep. because comes back to her she did it she did it to the her <laughs> comfort in at the funeral and she did it at another funeral with with her yes, dead best did. friend's husband and it does seem like a way for her to regain some sort of control and so maybe the mm-hmm. when it's not when it's not something that she feels control over she doesn't know how to identify it as much. She, which is not something that she can feel mm. comfort in because she, it's not comfy. Because of course it's not comfy. The, the world has not made like attraction to women when you're also attracted to men a comfortable thing. So yeah, yeah. It's I would argue the inverse that she's mm. extremely uncomfortable with being out of control, and that sex, when she is emotionally distraught, becomes a way to make being out of control pleasant Mm. right interesting interesting that there's a certain amount of surrender to experience that you have to do with sex that i don't know that that's really her strong (laughs) surrender to experience is not really stephanie's way of interacting with the world well until she meets emily surrender to her own experience Yeah. Stephanie wants to be as far away from her own experience as possible centered Mm -hmm. on the needs of everyone else around her Mm -hmm. yeah right and everyone else is coming yes and it's only in the moments when, like, I'm going to be out of control anyways that she's like, might as well, might as well have a right. orgasm No, here. exactly. Like, when <laughs> as well in, the, in the kissing scene between her and Emily, it is mm-hmm. very much like, when she, like, snaps back out of it, it does feel like, oh, I need to regain control of it. It's like, she's drunk. She does have a little bit of out of control moment there. And then she's like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm wait, like, this isn't, like, the proper, like, thing that I am. Oh, God. God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, because of that? No. Hey. It's all good, baby. It's all good. Just another Tuesday. Right. Uh, and then she's like, what is her immediate response? Like, I'm gonna make you dinner. Like, I'm gonna go make you food, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> go, like, snap back. Mm-hmm. And she's literally wearing her, like, like Debbie Rocker, like uh, uh, Donna Reed dress that that uh, Emily's character parodies at the end. There's there's an outfit that she wears. It's the outfit that she wears when she tries on Emily's clothing, mm. and it's oh, yeah. the, the pom pom sweater yes. with the tool skirt, and it's like that outfit is both a vicious read of me <laughs> and like the number one the thing tool I skirt like is so good. The tool skirt is so good. <laughs> So it's so appropriate to the character moment they're trying to summon at that moment, which is not one where you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, I want to dress exactly like that. And yet also <laughs> you do maybe want to dress, like dress exactly like <laughs> but that. But I do think like, it's not not cheap. Right. So my theory about that outfit is it is the it's her crossing crossing a certain threshold because it does feel like a notch more sophisticated than what she wears at the beginning of the movie. It does feel like right. she's mm-hmm. not abandoning her sensibility, which is like mixed patterns, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of target. Yep. <laughs> but it is yeah. but it is like taking a next step forward and it does feel more put together. It does feel more like 
not adult because who cares what like risky. what adults wear but like yeah, yeah but it is it, it, it feels, feels more, more grounded her. and like comfortable yeah yeah more like she's like i have a little bit of power here i kind of know yes. i kind of know what i'm doing and then she kinda. literally puts on the other person's clothes and they literally don't fit enough for or they literally can't take them off and so she has to go mm-hmm. back to being herself and she has to figure out what that is like i th- feel i do i do mm-hmm. think that that is, that is an aspirational outfit i do like that outfit as well well, and that is also the the closet is also just a that that is a greatest hits reel yes. of Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yes, it is. Just the process of her getting into the dress, then segueing into being grilled by the cop, and watching just like her anxious discomfort manifest physically as she's trying to just like live in this horribly binding gown. Like, yeah, and then and then she gets to cut herself out of it and the way she after she cuts herself out of it and the way her little anna kendrick arms <laughs> shoot up out of the straps and like the now open chest of the dress and just gives that like exasperated breath that is that is physical comedy anna coming to just like steal little parts the, of the belief just she's so good she has while she's, she's in so that it, it like interview scene with that detective that she if she just finds the right position she will be comfortable yeah. in this dress that has simply never fit her will simply never fit her in her life but no. she's like no, no if I make one more tiny adjustment it will be for perfect <laughs> and it will seem normal that I'm wearing this in again my best friend's house who we think is died girl yeah yeah at probably 3 p.m 3 p.m we love to see it as anna said as alana said on a much earlier episode i was just taking a turn about my home (laughs) and you in this dress and you showed up here hi this is normal i mean honestly at this point it does have big like covid energy just to be like ah it's 3 p.m put a dress on does it fit who knows whatever trying it out sometimes Sometimes at 9 p.m. at night, you put on a full face of makeup because you're going to be recording a podcast with people you think are cool. (laughs) Well, I don't know those people, but, you know, I understand. I do understand. Listen, the the deep truth of my... strong stephanie identification is that like i'm such a stephanie that mm. i turned christina into an emily mm. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's wow. actually christina. very true powerful it's really it's powerful and deep and like that's um that's that's a strong i love this for both i'm happy you. for you christina well, thank you yeah it's been a real journey uh these last seven ish years of being <laughs> i don't have any good suits which does suck um Renee will take care of that. Yeah. I don't have nearly any of yeah. the money that Emily has, but I also don't have a child and I guess that's worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> huge. huge for me. Huge for me. Love that for you. Um, is. Well, yeah, no, Alana. Yeah, go no, on. You, know, you go first. Oh, I'm no, going to no, go. No, please, please. I was going to transition oh, us so to talking polite. about the hardcore queer energy that Anna Kendrick subtly brings to everything. <laughs> Yeah, yes, that was just, also what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah, Glad we're on the yeah. wavelength here. <laughs> as, as you know, as Alana mentioned earlier, Pitch Perfect. And, you know, this movie and her Instagram and I could still, I could still fuck your girl, mm-hmm. though. There is a, regardless of, regardless of, like, self-identification, much like, um, and, and I mentioned this before on here, too, like, asking Mackenzie Davis about her, um, like, her her lesbian thirst yes, that sure. she engenders. Being a queer and icon. Her, yeah, yes. and her initial response to me in that conversation, she was like, you know, a lot of people think that I am a lesbian, and I am not, but I am so happy to be <laughs> thought of. And, like, that she was so was politely... 
she was so mm-hmm. politely yeah. trying to like yes celebrate queer women while also being like well i know that's but i'm not but if i was it wouldn't be that like <laughs> but like yeah she she does not self-identify as queer and i was like oh no 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 Mackenzie, it has nothing to do no. with your identity. <laughs> I'm so sorry you thought like, you mattered to this conversation. Yeah. yeah, no, I was like, that has absolutely nothing to do with you personally as a human yes. being. Um, and then I talked to her about, like, queering the role of women yes. in friendship and in things that she's played, oh. uh, Professor Alana, with our, you know, film studies, film graduate studies courses, the queering of the, the, queering of the roles. But, like, it's similar. It's the same principle here with Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. It is... secondary barely tangential to how even Anna Kendrick would identify as a human being there is a queer energy that as you pointed out Alana produced a non-canonical ship in the pitch perfect pitch perfect universe of Bacloe yes between her character and Brittany Snow's character that just reads really non-canonical because it just seems like it's tech. <laughs> it, it, I think it is well, they, technically, it, it, like, tech. it is, like, I don't, I think they played into it eventually, but I also don't think that they planned it. I do not think that no, they, they didn't plan. It. They didn't, they didn't plan. You can tell that as the movies go on, they're responding they, yeah. to, to, like, like the, yeah. the they fan know the They're, like, yeah, by, like, into the second by the third movie, it's like they're, it's like they're hat tipping at people. Sure. Like, oh, don't worry. Yeah. We've read some of the tweets. But and they're just give kind you of, like, anything real. <laughs> But we won't give you anything real, but Brittany Snow's going to hold on to Anna Kendrick's boobs in this scene. You can pick up where you're at close, but I feel like this retreat is really going to let us discover everything about each other. Is that right? You know, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do enough experimenting in college. You're so weird. And so, yeah, no, there is, again, this this is separate from... The individual identification, it is how the persona mm-hmm. has been absorbed and sort of taken in taken in by the audience and the headcanon they have put on yes. the, the, the star image of this person, the performer mm-hmm. image of this person. And first of all, let's oh, shout so. out to how weird it must be to be an actor and just like you walk into a room and you're so doing a job and you're like, oh, I knocked it out of the park doing this one specific thing. And then you like, it hits theaters and everyone's like, actually, it's this entirely other thing that you had no idea we were going to do. <laughs> yeah, and then you go to Twitter.com where I have had like 1,800 <laughs> screenshots of like a zoomed in moment. And I've been like, if we think about it, this is pretty gay. <laughs> Let me tell you why. It must be very weird to be a heterosexual actor who like has this happen around them yeah. and they're not it's not and that's not a bad thing. It's just the culture. Can't have anything to do with the person. Yeah. That's really the the, the clutch yeah. moment. It has to be so far removed from who that person actually is <laughs> yes. in real life. No comment. Yeah. You need no comment from that real person because that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about the character yeah. that you have created from that person's character of themselves mm-hmm. because they are famous. Yeah, a character of a, critiquing a character of a character that they at a certain point stopped having a say in and it just sort of took right. on a life of its own. Yes. Fascinating. That said, I do think we need to go deeper on Anna's queer yes. read, mm. star yes. image wise. Yes. And we need to go back to the root of that, which would be um, putting Woolite in the snapple of another girl at theater camp right. so that she could oh, be yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was going to talk about camp for sure. Ladies who lunch. Yep. Ladies who yep. lunch. Camp's yeah. on the yeah. very loose outlet. That absolutely goes back to camp. culture. Yeah. yeah. That is queer culture. That is yes. queer yes. culture at its finest. Well, 17-year-old <laughs> Anna Kendrick 17. performing Ladies Who Lunch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two things about because that. Because she poisoned the girl who was supposed to sing it straight Incredible. up poisoned her I feel... her name is fritzy. <laughs> fritzy her name is fritzy <laughs> so tiny and mean fritzy what in the hell are you doing here 
Jesus. Well, I, I knew you'd be discussing stopping the show, and I just thought how disappointed all the kids would be. You scheming little bitch. Please, I'm a child. You think for one. Oh, save the speech, Rummy. She's fucked, I'm ready. And the goddamn show must go on. So let's get cracking, shall we? And I do feel like so I feel like you could connect the camp universe to the A Simple Favor universe because Fritzy could 100% mm. have grown up and fucked her brother and become <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> she could also have become I mean, to Emily, say, to be quite honest. To say I she's she fucked, I'm like ready, me. and the goddamn show <laughs> must go yeah. on. Yes. Oh, my God. The is, most is a, iconic. Is a queer anthem. Yes. Queer anthem. But I and do also, think she, she would have become be... Emily. She would become an yes, Emily. So yes, yes, that's very yes. fair. I do think, like, it really, that movie specifically, Anna Kendrick has this persona of, like, art house theater kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. there's nothing, <laughs> even if you are a heterosexual person, there's nothing queerer <laughs> than being a theater kid. Like, Chris oh, Evans no. was a theater yeah. kid, and that is what imbues him with any energy that is not strictly the homosexual Boston energy that he exudes. <laughs> At every step. I do think you mean heterosexual energy, but you did say homosexual Boston energy, which does slap. (laughs) (laughs) Your own brain couldn't even believe it. I could not even say heterosexual. (laughs) I know. I know it's hard. He is all bro. He is all bro except for the theater kid. And that's what makes him a soft bro. Exactly. That's what makes him incredible. I think that is yes. I, bringing up bringing up the camp aspect of it because I feel like that is that's 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 the sort of root of Anna in our pop culture mm-hmm. consciousness and to start at least on in that note our pop culture consciousness yeah our our pop culture we consciousness, only speak to the, the homosexuals amongst, can only hear us the gays. Yeah. <laughs> we're at a frequency only people who are at least bisexual can hear yes yeah yeah if you can hear us and you think you're straight just check in with yourself about it <laughs> just yes. check in with yourself about whether you're not just anxious to start on that role and then to eventually like reach a new level of stardom in a movie about college acapella groups. Also <laughs> gay. Yeah. Also and, extremely like, gay. Regardless of the straightness of any character in that, fundamentally gay exercise. You can't say yes. acapella and not be like just like, oh I got I just got a little gayer. And that's a lot for me. And that's yeah. a lot for me to take on to get gayer. That's hard. <laughs> and it is I I can't I like I think Brittany, uh, Brittany Snow also has, I don't, this is again, not to speak about anybody's sexuality. She also has some, a certain something that she brings to roles that just either, maybe I just had a crush on her, but maybe, maybe no, it's that there's a John queer Tucker, energy. John, John Very Tucker hard to tell. And but perfect existing John Tucker must die. The kiss and John Tucker another. must die. And then she goes in the shower with Anna Kendrick, who also brings that energy to things. And I, Anna Kendrick, I would say even brings it more so. Where you yeah. just you just expect I don't think it's just you look at her and you expect at least one subculture to be in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, like what's what's happening? Like where's the subculture today, Anna? I think like, that's where the, what are you where the improv out? hotness comes from. Like that's where that's like a type of subculture. There's the bi subculture. Sometimes they get mixed up and wrapped up in each other. <laughs> Yeah, the ether gets all wires. But it's like the same energy that has her walking into that shower and immediately you feeling like, oh, is this the central romance of this film? (laughs) Is the same thing that has... And the answer is yes. That has us the second that that Stephanie sees Emily walking towards her in that Victoria's Secret ad shot (laughs) Mm -hmm. has her be, has all of us be like, okay, we're in for a romance. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's an adeptness that, that Anna Kendrick has in roles that either tap into or demand or skirt that that kind of attraction, that kind of relationship, where she is very effective. 
at conveying that mm. connection. She's very effective at conveying that magnetism and that kind of charisma. And maybe that comes from anxiety and maybe that is what makes it gay because she has like a wonderful sort of like anxiousness about sort of as a, as a performer that's a thread that runs through yes. her. And so, but like it, it is truly something to be able to watch a movie where Anna Kendrick can be like, be the, the try hard in the class mm -hmm. and then also be a mommy blogger and then also fully like rap a third of a song in her SUV as she's driving back from triumphantly conning Jean Smart. That scene. In a, in a. That, sorry. <laughs> that scene felt like it was directly ripped from like, you know, conversations with, with Anna Kendrick because that is the scene that reoccurs yes, yes. throughout her filmography because people see her yes. do that in one thing or they see her do it on set or they see and then they're like okay actually yeah. you should do this in the movie like that one yeah. in, as yeah. we talk about the way that uh these actresses personas affects th affect this film which is on a very deep and mm -hmm. layered level like that seems very like i watched that and i was like that's very directly plopped from like a jimmy fallon clip Yo, absolutely. Not yeah, it's like way. the tail end. It no, it's like the, the tail end of that time where we were like, you know what's hilarious? Rap music, but done. Get wait, wait tiny wait. white women, wait. small white women. Wait. <laughs> tiny white women. What? Can you imagine? It's funny because it's rap, but they are little and white and women. So, <laughs> they like, are little and white and dream women. with me here. <laughs> and I. And it and it just like it by and it moves us into like we see such sort of peaks in in the the personality of Stephanie and then it, you have this sort of tremendous culmination in the graveyard and the final confrontation with her and Emily and Sean in the house where suddenly her demeanor is mostly ticked down. Like mm -hmm. when she's holding the gun up at Sean, she's like kind of at a high level and she's getting mm -hmm. really intense. But when she's having that final showdown with Emily and she's like, Oh, you should have come on the blog. Like that would have been so great. And then they're in the graveyard and she's like, Oh, like, you know, prepare this with a twist. Like, Oh, the student becomes the master. I don't want Sean. Like there's this kind of laconic um, attitude yes. that sweeps over her in the sort of last part of the movie where we've talked about this before in other episodes of sort of like her loosening and sort of relaxation throughout the course of it. And in that you're getting yet another performance from Anna Kendrick within this yes. movie. If you came on the vlog, that'd be so fun. If you came on the vlog and confessed to killing your father and sister and held me at gunpoint, I could probably hit a million subscribers. Oh, that would have been great. Why don't we do that right now? Hmm? We're live streaming. Did you not know that? What the fuck are you talking about? And that, that, I think more so as far as what we're used to seeing from her as a performer, like that kicks back to camp. Like that mm -hmm. kicks back to Fritzy. And that determined, dry, like not anxious, convicted, confident. And it's interesting to see like her letting the, letting the anxious part dissolve mm -hmm. at the end. Which is something that we can tie into things like even in the accountant, even like there, there, you know, up, there are many roles where we can link that back to her. But then at the end, getting to see that dryness where she sort of meets Emily in almost the tone of her yes. villainy. Yes, because I think that there is like we always mm -hmm. talk about the earnestness and the nerdiness that Anna Kendrick plays, but she mm -hmm. also has a big history of playing like the disaffected youth, the like cool rebel girl. Yeah, and so I think yep. that this movie plays on both of those things because she does like harness yep. both of those things. Also, as you were talking, I remembered the lip sync battle clip where she sings to Emily Blunt, uh, or no, she sings to John Krasinski about Emily Blunt. She sings, Steal Your Girl. 
because she <laughs> loves again, to brag say, that she will Monique steal your girl. Giff, I would like to see it. Yes, she loves to and brag yes. that she would steal your woman, and that is the plot of yes. a simple favor. It's not about stealing the dude; it's about stealing Emily. <laughs> Sean, famously on the record as a yeast right. infection. Come, now. <laughs> Come on now! One of the best lines. One so of the best good. lines. And where you messed up, though, baby girl, is thinking that I would confess to protect that fucking yeast infection. <laughs> really? Come on, you gotta know better than that. No, it's true. It is a, it is a, it is a familiar mode for her to return to as a demonstration mm -hmm. of her prowess in whatever way. I could, I could steal your girl. I could fuck your woman. Like that's, that is a, that is a, a motif. <laughs> that is a motif of the, of the, of the persona of the presence. And I think it brings us back to the essence of what gets expressed in that Newcastle ad. And the essence of, I think, sort of like both Stephanie and Anna Kendrick, which is ambition expressed exclusively through self-effacement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because that's yes. what we allow women to do. Right. You cannot mm -hmm. be ambitious and yeah. confident simultaneously. Big, right. Right? Because yeah. if you are, you're a villain. Right. If right. you are, then you're Emily which, and you go to jail. And again, just put it on the record, also, Emily did not need to go to jail. <laughs> yes. We all yeah. agree that Emily did not need to go to jail. Can't stress it's, it enough. One of the greatest violences Truly. that a test audience has ever done to us <laughs> as a culture <laughs> is this. Yes. Um, but thank God but, they didn't want Sean and... and, and yes, uh, they did give us that gift. Thank God. At least they kind of canceled themselves out on that yes. one. I, yes. They weren't all the way right, but they weren't all the way wrong right. either. Yeah. Yeah. And for that, we stand. <laughs> yeah. We don't stand. For that, we tolerate. <laughs> yeah. And for that, here we are again. <laughs> and just the entire concept of... Scrappy and little and nobody, yeah. right? You can't just be scrappy. No. Uh huh. You have to be little. You uh -huh. have to be a nobody. Otherwise, you cannot get anywhere. And if Anna Kendrick just put herself out there and she was like, you know what, guys, I'm, 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 my boob to waist ratio is unreasonable, <laughs> and I know y'all have noted, <laughs> right? Right. Hated is what she would be. Yeah, I mean, we have Anne <laughs> Hathaway's former record to, yes. to speak for itself. Exactly. Both right theater there. kids. Very, both that very exactly earnest children. Yeah. exactly. Very earnest exactly children right. of the yes. theater. It's the opposite. Uh -huh. That is the perfect counterpoint. It's the opposite of what we hate in, in Kristen Stewart, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. like, she doesn't try. Why doesn't she try anything? It's so annoying that yes. she doesn't yeah. try. It's her job to try. Why isn't she trying? And then right. you can't win. <laughs> Sweet Anne out here trying so oh, hard. So hard. And succeeding. I've never so given up. I've never given up on Anne. I've never given up As on Anne. And I need have. that to be. She looks <laughs> no. like goddamn Snow White. I would it's also do a single crazy. topic <laughs> podcast about this, her entire filmography. <laughs> So yes, absolutely. The the half. But it does feel like that is that is text in this in this film. It is like, I mean, that is it. It's like she she tries so hard that people like cringe away mm -hmm. from her, and mm -hmm. it's in the whole uh, don't say sorry because like that's a <laughs> fucked up female habit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like right. she's she's doing the thing of constantly saying sorry in the way that the people who try a lot do in the way that we're trained into. Yeah. Like she's trying exactly. in all of those same ways that Emily has trained herself out of after she got out from under her dom sister and became the dom herself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so her and yes. so. Uh, Stephanie's process is I don't think she ever stops trying which I think is inspiring because but she I does become the dom herself <clears throat> which is also inspiring <laughs> hi moms Stephanie here I want to thank you for all the love and support you've been sending me 
means so much. Um, you know, as shocked as you guys are about these turns of events, I can assure you nobody is more stunned than me. Emily had her secrets, so did her husband. Clearly, I was the naive romantic caught in the middle. I love you guys. I always will. I hope you can forgive me in advance for what I have to do. Moms, do everything yourself. Yeah, yeah you can be I mean, earnest no, the, and have the, a little edge to you. Yeah. Like, it's okay. No, exactly. the the effort in that last mom blog is so charming. The Like, thanks for joining us, Carol. <laughs> like, I, one of my favorite line readings in the entire it's a good one. Entire She's, like, very jazzed her. about Carol. <laughs> yeah, like, you, from from Ames, Iowa. Carol. Thanks for joining us, Carol. <laughs> Obviously, in my no head, less it is excited. Carol Aird who's joining her. So. <laughs> Who is decamped to Ames, Iowa yep. at that point yep. to live a life with Therese. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, she is as excited. That is, and that is, that is such a beautiful, and it feels like a very Paul Feig ending. Mm-hmm. He, like, like he said, he likes a happy ending. Yeah, he does. And mm-hmm. there is, Stephanie is just as excited for subscriber number one million as she would have been for subscriber number yeah. five hundred, or subscriber she number four, so, yes. or subscriber number four, because she is just so happy. When she is just so happy that you have come to join her and that you would like to share your time with her, and that earnestness and that enthusiasm, even after all she's been through, remains mm. unimpeached. And that is perhaps the most beautiful thing about Stephanie. Hi moms, Stephanie here. We have very exciting news today because we signed up our one million subscriber, Mrs. Carol Fendley of Ames, Iowa. Thank you for joining us, Carol. Wow. Preach. Snap. Cool, so this is, uh, I feel like you just ended the pod, which I love <laughs> because I, we didn't have to like do any like sort of unnatural, oh, let's wrap this stuff. You just really right, just right. came in beautifully, synced it oh, up. good, good. Mm-hmm. You did. You crushed Just it. Guess. But so is there yes. anything that my other guests, our other guests, would like to say? Alana, Margaret, do you have any closing thoughts about the the Kendrick of it all? I know that I've said my piece. <laughs> I just think that this film is an example of. I think both of the women in this film and their performances are examples of looking past what our just base assumptions about these people are as performers and as people, Mm -hmm. maybe like Mm -hmm. the, you can't necessarily learn about them as people by watching this film, but maybe as you hear the people who are actually involved in making this film talk about it on this podcast, maybe you will learn like a couple notches more about like how they actually interact with people, who they actually are, their senses of humor, their vibes, Mm -hmm. because I love the, text that we as fans and consumers make i think it's very valid Mm -hmm. i think it's beautiful but there's also a whole layer that we just don't know and i think that both anna and blake have both have had uh assumptions put on them based on like based on Mm -hmm. headlines based on roles Uh, and they have been put in the archetype that they are cast in and I just think yeah. that that's a that's a fucked up fe- habit towards females. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, they should be saying sorry. Like more sorry should be said to yeah. them. So I just yeah. So yeah. that's just what I think about yes. when I think of like the Anna Kendrick of it all. Is is we yes. all have a, a reaction to her as we do with anybody mm-hmm. that we're watching, as we do with anybody who fits into a specific archetype, especially women. And I think that it's important mm-hmm. to challenge that wherever you can. In in the same way, do it in the same way with an Anna Kendrick as you would with a Megan Fox. Te- like ten years after two thousand. The way that we react to any of these people is very much based on how we react to the archetypes of 
womanhood, white womanhood in our in our mm -hmm. culture and lives in general. And that does not mean that it's mm -hmm. accurate to a human being or even a performer. Yeah. Yeah, I think exactly what I'm going to be really happy with is if this podcast proves to be like that proving that sim a simple favor is like the great metatextual per like, <laughs> yes. performances of our time. Yes. I'm going to be really happy with yes. that. I'm going to be thrilled by yeah. that. Completely. Ab so fruit. <laughs> I just think a simple favor of the film is kind of a great text about how you cannot dismantle the master's house with the Ooh. master's tools. Right. Ooh. Because yeah. it is both. It is about how each of them has in their own way reached the maximum amount of power one can mm. within a feminine mm -hmm. archetype, mm -hmm. right? But because a feminine archetype is never going to be a complete picture of a human being because mm. women's humanity is questionable, if not conditional, mm -hmm. just like our access to full humanity within culture. Yes. Whomst can say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Um, and, and it is about the limitations of that and then the power that comes when you recognize like you don't have to live inside your archetype mm -hmm, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you don't have to be like just the chaotic bad girl mm -hmm. you don't have to be just the adorable homemaker mm -hmm. like you have access to a full range of human emotions and power and you should make use of it and where the archetypes like the masks they ought to be to manipulate people who are too stupid to not see the full nuance of who you are. I hope it. our listeners really I take from it. that to manipulate more people who are stupid. <laughs> I think that's something we should be doing. Yes, please do. Honestly, quite constantly. And I hope that you're all yes. taking that um, into your Thursday with a really brave yeah. energy. And just also just investigate that if you're anxious about sex generally, mm -hmm. Maybe try it with just like a wider range listen, of people. There you listen, listen, we all need to learn bisexual eraser. It, bleh. we all need to learn <laughs> bisexual eraser is real. It is out there. It, it will come for you. Yeah, and your friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. And you <laughs> have to realize that you have been taught not to see it in yourself or in others, but really, it is everywhere. I don't know who's superpower, yeah. what the superpower is, but bisexual eraser is definitely some sort of superhero <laughs> slash villain. I'm not. That's quite in the universe sure. of the boys. Yeah, that's in the universe of the boys for sure. It's just a big old eraser. <laughs> now, does and that? It's pink and purple and yes. blue. <laughs> does that bring us to our sign-offs? I Christina? think it does. As ever, you can find me tweeting about. Let's be honest, white women over the age of fifty at c <laughs> underscore. Yes. Grace T. Um, Alana, where can the folks find you? You all can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Alana Bennett, A L A N N A B E N N E T T. <laughs> and you can find I write second for second end. I, I write for Roswell, New Mexico. You can find the first two seasons of that on Netflix and watch it on Netflix. Yes, watch that on Netflix so that I have a job. And yes, <laughs> do it. And yeah, just nah, I'm around. <laughs> yeah, and you can find you can find me on uh, Twitter at J O R C R U Jorcrew, 
And you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Cruciola, where you can pay me in lieu of, in, in currently in lieu of my having a job. That would be <laughs> Where, again, great. you should be Make throwing sure... your money at Jordan's yes, face. throw but, it yeah, virtually. Keep, via... keep Alana in the writer's room. Keep me uh, with food on the table. Yes, and love to see it. You know, and, and hit up the hit up the disaster pod disaster podcast disaster girls if you like disaster movies disaster 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 <laughs> say it one more time and yeah yeah say crack again and then to Margaret where Margaret. can we find you our most esteemed guest I your esteemed guest can also be found on Twitter at Mrs Friday Next that is also my <laughs> handle at like every social media platform that's ever existed mm. so if there's one you favor. Just Google that one and Mrs. Friday Next, and you can follow me on, I don't know. Um, You're still on Peach? That one? <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm still on Peach. I'm sure I'm still on all of them. I'm not active on many. Sure. Anyways, you can do that. You can find me at the newsletter, Two Bossy Dames, twobossydames.substack.com. Anyhow, those are the places you can find me. We um, love it. Thank we you for all. joining us to talk about the Kendrick of it all because we really thank needed to so have the Kendrick combo. Yeah. Yes, thank you yeah. very much for yes. joining us today, Margaret. I was thrilled to be here, guys. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> honored to be a part of a simple yes. podcast. Yes, everybody, yes. Ta- please talk to us about so Anna Kendrick and all, all of the above. All things Kendrick. Hashtag, hashtag yeah. a simple pod. All right, should we do our final bye moms? We should do some yes, bye moms. Yes, to the bye moms out there. <laughs> to the we bye just moms. Make, yeah. Just keep making it buyer somehow. Bye moms. <laughs> Bye, bye moms. moms. We love this, you. This bye, this this podcast will not erase you. Bye moms. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will never erase you. This podcast might consider being a third under the right circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> bye moms. Christina nods. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, bye moms. Bye moms. <laughs> bye moms. <laughs>